Hey everybody, it's Jim Barrows. Thank you so much for downloading this episode of This Town. This week, we've got Fresno County Supervisor Nathan Magsig. Alex, you ready? Let's start the show. Loves in Tulsa, and she knows he's gonna go. Well, it ain't no woman, flesh and blood, it's that damned old road he goes. Oh, well, it's balls and blood, it's a dust and mud, it's the roar of a Sunday crowd. It's the wide in his knuckles, the gold in the buckle, he'll win the next go round. And we are here with Supervisor Nathan Magsig. It is Monday. Uh, in the middle of yet another week of coronavirus quarantine, Supervisor Nathan Magsik, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you for letting me on the show. Well, we're, I guess we're going to jump right in to probably uh, the the news of the day uh, yesterday. And excuse me, it's not Monday. It is Tuesday. I'm clearly losing track of days here, and that's a sign of how long I've been at home. Uh, yesterday, Monday... Uh, you uh, uh, and the county got a, a dose of not so great news from from the state of California. Uh, the Office of Emergency Services informed the county that we will not be able to use the Fresno Fairgrounds as a emergency triage center for the Valley's hospitals. Uh, first of all, what happened? What led to that that decision? And, and kind of walk us through what's happened since then. Well, based upon what I know um, at this time, some concerns that the state had were with the age of the buildings out there. I know that some of those buildings do have lead and asbestos. And two, I think the state was looking at the fact that uh, the buildings we have out there, they were hoping for there to be uh, more restroom capability and larger restrooms in general. So those were just some of the things I heard that caused them concern for that particular site to set up a hospital. The county is still planning on using that site. Uh, we, we may uh, deal with uh, some logistics there at that site, but to the extent that we had originally planned, we're in the process of coming up with some contingencies now. So right. when, it, when it comes to forward with the state, to you, actually, we like to, or is on the county's dime, so to speak. Okay, what? A- yeah, so basically, it's the latter. Um, we will we'll come up with an additional site that the state will come down and and look at uh, themselves. But let me back up a little bit. The fairgrounds is not something that we. Um, that the county landed on lightly. It's actually been a part of our planning for over a decade. So anytime there's a major natural disaster, we had always identified the fairgrounds location simply because there are multiple buildings which are separate from each other. There's large parking areas, the ability to, to send and receive um, large uh, goods, medical supplies or food. It's an ideal site. And two, it's located near downtown, uh, near CRMC. So it's a great place for receiving and sending um, goods and materials from. Uh, and the state should have been aware that this is our site because we have a local OES division that works at the county. And there's communication that always takes place between our local division and the state. So for me, it kind of came as a surprise when the state came down and indicated that uh, for purposes of uh, setting up a hospital um, and full utilization, as we, as we have envisioned it, was not going to be acceptable to them. 
So how does the state then move forward when, when they're unhappy with this particular location? Is it sort of a situation where they're going to say, uh, well, we don't like this, and find us another one, even though you've had this for a decade. Who has to blink first in regard to the location? Well, so just looking at looking at how we operate, the county is an arm of the state, and the state really does uh, get to dictate to us uh, what they want. And I want to make sure that the listeners out there are, are clear on this point. The county and the state, we are working together, and we're going to remedy this particular issue, and we're going to do it quickly because uh, it's very important for us to get these beds up and running and have the ability to serve hospitals here in the Central Valley if they become inundated with uh, COVID-19 patients. So, um, but the state does have the final say. So FEMA has been activated. The um, Army Corps of Engineers too has been involved to a lesser uh, extent. But So what's gonna happen is the feds are delivering uh, resources to the states. The states have identified regions and I believe California has eight regions that are gonna be receiving beds to relieve pressure off of hospitals and then from there, it's up to those eight regions here in California, with Fresno County being one, for us to come up with a site that's going to be workable for this uh, quote-unquote triage hospital. As far as uh, the current uh, status, as for, and moving kind of backwards in time, um, there's been a, a considerable amount of activity um, on the on the city of Fresno side of things, and the county of Fresno, it's worth noting, is the only local agency that has public health officials on staff that are tasked with doing a lot of the stuff. You know what? What through the past two and a half weeks of you know really seeing the county respond, what what is what have been some of the surprises you've seen uh, the in, in terms of public health response um, that the county has been able to achieve? thus far? Well, um, I wouldn't really describe it as surprises, but just observations in general from me. I'll say, uh, if you recall last week, we were scrambling quickly to uh, make some moves to take care of some of, our, some of our most vulnerable populations, specifically the homeless. And out of that, um, I was very pleased to see the county working so well with the other uh, 15 cities that we have in the county as well as with our neighbor, neighboring county, Madera. And so there was a contract that was put into place. The city of Fresno, um, the Fresno-Madera Continuum of Care, as well as the county, pooled money that we received from the state to deal with homelessness. And it allowed us to enter into a contract with a group called RH Community Builders, uh, which added beds uh, so they could immediately start receiving homeless uh, more quickly off the streets. So um, on a positive note, it's been a pleasure uh, working with uh, the city, and I'm glad that the city of Fresno staff and the county staff have worked well together. The communication with the city of Clovis, Selma, Reedley, um, and the other 11 cities in Fresno County, I think has been great. And a lot of that credit goes to Jean Rousseau, our CAO, as well as to his administrative staff, and especially Sonia De La Rosa, who is the point person on homelessness. So all of that has been, been very positive in my eyes. Another positive aspect, our health uh, director, Dr. Vora, is somewhat new to that position, but he immediately, when he recognized the, the challenges of what COVID-19 was doing in Europe, 
Um, and he knew that it was going to be impacting us pretty significantly if we didn't begin to take some actions. So his response, though, was measured. Um, if you look, if you go back three and four weeks and, and you begin to recall as COVID-19 uh, began to take center stage in our lives, um, Dr. Vora gave orders that were very much appropriate, I think, to Fresno County. And because of that, we do have cases here, but we're at, you know, 53 cases in a county of a million people. Our hospitals are not overwhelmed, but we continue to prepare for an influx of additional COVID-19 patients. Because of his actions and uh, um, the community stepping up and responding positively to his actions, I really believe it has slowed the virus down here in Fresno County. But I look at other regions like New York, uh, specifically New York City, where they have a very dense population. The virus has spread um, pretty dramatically in that region. I want to say um, New York as as a region is, is uh, and, and New Jersey as well, between those two regions, they account for probably half of all of the positive cases of uh, uh, coronavirus in the United States. At any I think a lot of the folks in the general public like to see both Democrats and Republicans uh, sort of checking politics at the door and, and working. That's, I think, from the time of I, I mean, I can't even go back to where it would start, but I mean, just in, in recent memory, you know, 9-11, everyone, you know, put their partisan hat in and work together. Uh, starting to see that on local levels uh, all the way up. But is there anyone in particular, not one, maybe a couple, uh, doesn't have to be Democrats or Republicans, but is there anyone that distance you're, you're watching saying, hey, I like how they're handling things or vice versa. I don't like how they're handling things. Sure. So, and, and really, um, again, a lot of the credit and praise that I would um, assign uh, doesn't go to an elected official. I would give it to Dave Palmaville as well as Dr. Vora. I think they're doing a great job in an environment which you have a health crisis at hand, but you still have, uh, you have emotions that um, are at a very heightened level. But when I watch the two of them operate in this crisis and give orders not only to the county, but county residents, they're orders which are measured. If I had to pick um, an elected official that um, I really appreciate, um, on our board of supervisors, I need to give credit to all four of my colleagues on the board. Um, we have, I think, operated very well together. Um, there's a high level of trust that we have with each other. And um, whether it be Buddy Mendez, Steve Brandau, Brian Pacheco, or Sal Quintero, um, we, we've worked extremely well together and we all have a part to play. So, um, I mean, I've been impressed with my board and uh, really appreciate the leadership that they've brought to the table. One of the items I, I wrote up this morning and in, in this morning's edition of, of Sunrise AM d dives into the testing capabilities of, uh, of our counties. Um, what we've seen thus far in the Central Valley, unlike LA and San Francisco, which have considerable, number one, considerable need and demand for testing by comparison because of A, B, as you said, because of density, uh, but B, just the sheer numbers of population. Um, in the Central Valley, we've seen only one county in our region crack more than a thousand uh, tests conducted, uh, a lab test conducted, and that's Kern County, and there are now over 2,000 tests conducted as of yesterday. 
Uh, Fresno County is quite a bit behind the curve when you compare it to, to Kern. Um, as I've, I've discussed with you and, and, your, and your colleagues, that one of the reasons why is we have limited lab capacity at the moment. Um, and, and we're reliant on private labs and the, and the current public health lab in Tulare County to sort of make up the, the gap. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, is Fresno County bringing on its own in-house lab uh, in the near yeah, future? Yeah, so I can tell you that we continue at the county to look for opportunities to add capacity um, to increase our ability to test. So um, things that, that I'm, I'm concerned with, as well as um, Dr. Vora and her health department, is uh, as we see this virus continue to spread, we never want it to get out of control, but a real possibility is where our first responders may begin to get sick from this virus, and we need to have the ability to test them quickly and know if they do get sick, is it COVID-19? And if it's not, they still need to, of course, stay home and get better. But if it is COVID-19, there might be some additional steps that are taken to figure out who they've been around to, to isolate that since COVID-19 spreads so quickly. The last thing you want is for uh, many of your first um, uh, responders to go down because then that means your police and firefighters, your, the, your ability to respond to crisis in your community is impacted. Your doctors and nurses, their ability to treat the sick, not just COVID-19 patients, but maybe patients who are suffering from a heart attack, a stroke, other ailments, um, other um, requirements that they may have uh, and, and need for surgeries. And so um, we are working to increase our, our, our testing capabilities in Fresno County. One thing I will point out is uh, our Department of Public Health, which is lo located downtown, unrelated to this crisis, uh, you know, about a year ago, we had our lab facilities damaged in a flood. Um, there was a water pipe that burst outside of our building in downtown, and it uh, it uh, damaged our laboratory. So that has impacted our ability to do testing to some extent. Um, so right now, our samples that we are collecting of, of patients that potentially could have COVID-19, those samples are being sent outside the area. And uh, we, of course, wait for results and are reliant on those labs to return results quickly back to us. Obviously, we are in, we're not even approaching the apex nationally. Um with COVID-19, but as a leader of this community, are you keeping an eye on how economically we recover from this? If that's three months from now, six, six months from now, a year from now, are you keeping an eye on how we restart our local economy? So I am very concerned with the impacts COVID-19 will have on our economy. Uh, you can see it with your own eyes the restaurants that many of them have shut down. Some are operating just uh, takeout services, um, automobile dealerships that are not selling cars um, on site, uh, to my knowledge, any longer. Um, many of the service industries, industries that are reliant on travel statewide are impacted. So um, I am thinking about how we can get our economy restarted again when the time comes. So uh, in my mind, that. I have many things that I think about. So first and foremost is making sure that the public realizes where we are today, because I'm seeing a lot of rumors and misinformation that's flying around on the internet about this virus and how it's not only affecting us locally, but nationally. And so making sure that the public is getting accurate information that to me is, is one of my top priorities. 
Number two um, on, on my priority list, aside from getting information out there, is making sure that Dave Pomaville and our public health um, doctor, Dr. Vora, they're empowered to make decisions that, that are going to keep Fresno County safe. And we're always planning a week in advance because I don't want to see this virus get ahead of us here in Fresno County. And then longer term, uh, the next quarter, um, I am thinking about our economy and what we need to do to uh, get people working again. And a lot of that lies in the hands of the entrepreneurs of this community who are being held back right now for, for the public health's sake. But um, to the extent that government can facilitate and uh, streamline, whether it be building permits for the construction industry, once the construction industry gets back into the full swing of things again, whether it be um, individuals that need to get back to selling cars again or opening restaurants, I'm open to any ideas that make sense to get our economy back on track. Uh, in, in relation to that, um, most, I think most observers are, are, are pretty quick to note that um, it, it's fairly easy from a, from a decision-making standpoint with the fear of a pandemic on your doorstep to shut down the, for all better, you know, no, no better sense of the term, to shut down the economy, to just end it, you know, say, all right, we're closing down all non-essential businesses. Essential businesses are really curtailed as to what they can and cannot do, engage in social distancing, X, Y, Z. Um, I think a bigger, and I'm curious if you agree as to whether or not it's a bigger challenge for you know, policy leaders and, and government leaders to make the decision to reopen the economy, so to speak, because you're driven in a lot of these decisions, whether we like them or not, are driven by an element of fear um, and some of it well-placed and other times maybe not. Um, so do you, do you think there's going to be some, you know, an element of hesitancy um, and maybe overstaying our welcome in quarantine uh, before our economy really reopens? So, um, that's a great question. <clears throat> Looking at when we started to clamp down, when our schools began to close, they've been closed. Uh, I forget what the exact date was. But remember, we just had a handful of cases of positive COVID-19 um, in Fresno County. And so today, I believe we're at 50, 53 cases, if I'm not mistaken. And so do we wait to open our schools until we are below, you know, six cases again uh, of, of known COVID-19 in our, in our community? I can't answer that question, but what I will do and, and who I'm going to be relying on is really our, our health officer. So the triggers that you pull to slow things down are a lot different than when you want to speed things back up uh, to get the economy going again. And I recognize that you don't want to pull the triggers on putting everybody back to work too soon and opening schools too soon because you may just end up um, uh, spreading that virus around even more quickly. The goal has been to flatten the curve. And I believe that has happened with the steps that have been taken here in Fresno County. So when, when our public health director indicates that it is appropriate for us to, be, uh, to begin to open up uh, different sectors of our economy, we're going to be looking to him for that guidance, but also to the governor. The governor has issued some orders that apply statewide. So the president of the United States, the governor of California, and our local health director all need to be on the same page as to what things to look for to allow for those sectors of the economy that have been stopped 
to begin to reopen again. And I, I don't have a good sense of when that's going to be, but I will tell you this. As a local elected official, um, I, I can see the harm that's being caused economically, and it's frustrating, but I don't want to operate in an emotional uh, sense to get business going again where I may end up causing more harm. So everything I do needs to be measured. And really, I am taking the advice and guidance of our local health director in anything that we do moving forward. So just, just to backtrack just a little bit, it's your opinion that we have flattened the curve a little bit here in, uh, in Fresno County? No doubt about it. And the reason I can make that statement is simply looking at um, uh, with schools being closed, with a diminished business activity, interactions between people have greatly been curved. People aren't shaking hands. Um, uh, people are not embracing each other when they, you know, when they see each other. So just the fact that that's been limited, um, or, 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 um, uh, completely eliminated has, uh, slowed the virus down. There are people who are still going out in public to go to, uh, to go to grocery stores, to go to doctor's offices, but in a much diminished capacity. And so when you have that interaction slowed like that, it also slows the, the virus, the virus's ability to be passed around. Uh, one of the, one element of, I guess, contention at the moment, um, and it certainly popped up uh, between city officials and county officials. And I know the city county rivalry is, is what it is. And it's been this way for a long time between the city of Fresno, county of Fresno ha has bubbled over in terms of, uh, Pro the property tax deadline. Now, I, I wrote a story about this a couple weeks ago that property taxes for April are still due April 10th, um, but city leaders are still given the number of initiatives they've taken to del you know, delay, you know, uh, issue a moratorium on evictions for failing to pay rent and whatnot. They have, there's been quite a bit of pressure on, on the county um, to place a moratorium on uh, the property tax deadline being April 10th and extended. Correct me if I'm wrong, that is not the county's ability or job to do that, right? Correct. So really, um, I believe there is a revenue and taxation code at the state level, which specifically lays out when property taxes are to pay. And it is the role and responsibility for the county to collect those taxes um, by that date, because you have uh, schools, schools get uh, about 60% of property taxes and then you have special districts that also get a large portion of those property taxes. And then um, the county gets about 11 cents on every dollar that's paid in property taxes. Cities, too, get a large share of, uh, of that property tax as well. So uh, for us to arbitrarily push that date back or say that, it's not, that we're not going to collect is, um, it goes way beyond our authority or ability. Perfect. Something to, something to I want to point out. I have not heard from any special districts or cities or even school districts who have come to the county to say, look, we know that you're going to collect uh, property taxes for distribution to us. We're willing to for forego that distribution. So um, uh, to me, some of the comments from electeds that may be out there making you know, making claims that maybe the county needs to not collect property taxes or push the date back. I would just say that um, if, if they really feel that way, 
Um, if, if the city wants to do that, any city, if they want to do more, what they can do is if they want to take 100% of the property taxes that are going to be assigned to their community, they're more than welcome to take those dollars and give them back to the businesses that are being impacted. So once those dollars are assigned to those cities, they can kind of uh, do with that pot of money as they please within the confines of the law. Well, right. and a little bit on, uh, let's wrap up on a little bit of a lighter note here, uh, only because I can honestly say that uh, Supervisor Magsic learned everything he knows about business from intro to business at Clovis West High School there it, so you're welcome um more yeah. when can we get the clovis rodeo back up and rocking oh my friend <laughs> so um i gotta tell you i was heartbroken he's done he's dusting off he's that's dusting right off his cowboy hat as we speak let's be honest <laughs> well i'm wearing my cowboy hat now i don't know about dusting anything off oh but, wow um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you, it uh, it broke my heart when uh, the rodeo had to uh, uh, cancel. Now, of course, rodeo always happens the last weekend in uh, in April, and just simply looking at what's happening with coronavirus, the uh, organizers of the rodeo felt that it, it made most sense to cancel. So I'm confident the rodeo will be back next year, but uh, truly, my heart breaks for the fact that that event was canceled because it is one of the premier events we have in, in the city of Clovis. It's one of the top 10 best rodeos in the nation um, from, from the sense of the, the, the kind of animals that are here that compete as well as the cowboys that come here to compete and the prize money. So it's, it's a big deal and a great loss to the city of Clovis not being able to have that event this year. All right, and last fun question, and we'll let you... Because we've got a lot of restaurants, like you were talking about, doing orders to keep them afloat. And Super says, I say that one more time. You're breaking up when I want what? Tri tip. Oh, tri tip. When, well, when you want, so, what is your go to tri tip place? Yes. So go to tri tip. I say full of bowl is pretty amazing, but I can't stop there. I, I need to give a shout <laughs> out. Hometown. I need Stay to give a hometown. shout out to a couple other locations. So. Um, I would say Blast and Brew is fantastic. I love House of Juju, but an old mainstay in Clovis that I used to go to after my football games when I was playing decades ago, Luna's. Luna's is fantastic. And there are dozens of other locations in Clovis um, that, that residents from the metropolitan area can choose to enjoy. So if you're listening to this podcast, I've just given you a handful of locations and anywhere in Old Town is great. Anywhere in the city of Clovis is great. And Fresno County's got a lot of options for you as well. Supervisor. <laughs> that's, the, that's, the that's, tour right. Ma- that's a tour de Magsig right there. Supervisor <laughs> Magsig, we, we appreciate your time. And we look forward to getting more updates from you as uh, time goes on. Absolutely. Take care, guys. This town is a lonely town, not the only town like this town. This town is a make you town, 
or a break you turn and bring 